This morning, we continue our series on the indomitable spirit of water walkers. Indomitable means not easily discouraged or defeated. Hebrews 11.33 has been our anchor verse when it says this about those who had that kind of attitude, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lines, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong and became valiant in battle. Someone say, that's me. Someone say, that's me. So this morning, I'm going to take you to a water walker. And uh, you might think sometimes during this sermon that I'm trying to bring you lower, but I'm not. I'm trying to lift him higher. Because the higher he is, the more strong and courageous you're going to be. So this morning, I'm going to speak on, I am not. Look at your neighbor and say, I am not. But I know I am. Say it again. I am not. But I know I am. You see, God is so big, you don't have to be big. Anybody ever tell you, go get your big girl pants on, girl? Go get your big boy pants on, boy. Come on, you got to be big. I love it that God's so big, I don't have to be big. That I can wake up to a story that's bigger than me, it's bigger than you. It's the story of God. It's his story. And he awakens a water walker like crazy in Exodus 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. Someone say the back of the desert. But it happened to be Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight and why this bush doesn't burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside, that's the key to hearing from the Lord, he spoke to Moses. And in the Hebrew, he said, Moshe, Moshe, or Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And God said, take off your sandals for you are on holy ground. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. So I have come down to deliver them. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And God said, Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children, they will say, who sent you and what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, tell them my name is I am that I am. I love it that God is the I am that I am, that he is big all by himself. I don't have to be big. I don't have to pull this story off. The Lord God is the great I am, which means forever has been and forever will be God all by himself. Give him a hand clap of praise. Father, we thank you for your anointing in this room. Come, Holy Spirit, speak into the ears of my brothers and sisters. Even what I do not say, come, sir. I cannot perform what I feel you want to perform in this message, but you can. Holy Spirit, let the bush begin to burn in the heart of your people. Encourage them and call them to see you as the great I am. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. In this story, God is coming after a water walker, one that's in obscurity, he thought. 80 years old. Surely not, God. Don't you want to call some cool 18-year-old? Nope. 
He calls an 80-year-old out of obscurity. And he begins to script a story that Steven Spielberg would be envious of. J.R. Tolkien would be envious of. He begins to script a story that even George Lucas would be envious of because God is the king of scripting a story that the world looks into and says, there's no way that can happen. But how many know when you serve the great I am that I am, all things are possible. Come on, somebody. Moses gets a surprise wake-up call to look up and see God high and lifted up. And God begins to create a story, a story that's lived through the ages, a story of a million-plus Israelites being delivered out of the hand of Pharaoh, a story of them coming out. God begins to script a story, but it begins by getting someone out of the boat. It begins by getting someone off the backside of obscurity. I'm speaking to someone in this room or listening to this podcast. It starts with God getting someone out of a place that they felt they were forgotten They were unequal to the task, and they might as well just take life at its value. And all of a sudden, a bush burns, and God says, guess what? Your time is up for good. You little 80-year-old shepherd, I'm calling you out of obscurity and back to Egypt, and you're going to be my deliverer. Someone give God a hand clap of praise. The question is, who is in charge? Who has the last word? Who holds our future in his hand? Who can turn that which was meant for evil into good? His name is I am. And he declares to you today, I've got it all in control. Go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, he has it all in control. The burning bush was not consumed And all of a sudden, Moses looked. And I believe there are sovereign burning bush moments in our life that have a big bang to them. They have a big lightning. This week, I was connected through some mutual friends here in Tennessee to a woman that had heard of me, and I'd heard of her. I'm not going to say her name. She's been on the Oprah show several times. She's a consultant to Fortune 500 companies. She's gone into churches like Saddleback and reworked them. She runs a ministry in West Texas. This was not through Daystar. They don't even know each other. But we were brought together in a community time, sitting on two couches together. And all of a sudden, she said, please tell me your story. I've heard of you. And as I told her of the burning bush that saved my life when God healed me in my marriage, tears began to stream down this woman's face, who is a household name who is a prolific author, who has been on many TV shows besides Oprah. She's a born-again believer, though. And all of a sudden, she began to share her burning bush moments, and we decided we should have been friends a long time ago. I love the big burning bush moments in our life. I love the time that God parts the Red Sea. God lowers the wall. I love those big, bing, bang, bang, shazam, come on, somebody moments when God does the impossible and give him a hand clap of praise. But I also think there are burning bush moments we overlook. When the two were on the road to Emmaus, they said our hearts burned within us as Jesus talked to us. I want to submit to you today that you have probably had a burning bush experience this week. In fact, I know some of them. Forgive me that I don't know yours. These are people that communicate with me. But I think we should be more attuned into that 
than the notification that we just got a text. I think we should be more tuned into that than the notification of ding, ding, ding. Someone just liked your post. Oh, I got to see what they said. I got to see what they said. Oh, I got to see. I got to see. I got to see it right now. I don't care if God's burning in a bush. I got to see what they said about me on Facebook. Look at your neighbor and give me a break. There you go. We need to be more tuned into those burning bushes in our heart that causes us to do good. This week it was made public while I already knew that one of our young couples are going through the process to become foster parents because a burning bush burned in their heart. Come on. This week, some mother, a church mother, bought clothing for a 17-year-old young man who was taken from his parents and put into the system because of our connections. She responded to a burning bush moment. This week, a young man of this house visited an elderly saint in his assisted living and spent time with him and took pictures with him because he had a burning bush moment. I want to submit to you that these are moments that we could overlook, that they're not that great they're not that awesome but heaven is saying I know your name Holy Spirit sets things ablaze inside of us they're through impression through desires we don't even know we're bringing hope and deliverance and answers to those who are hurting but the bush burns in us because Holy Spirit lives in us and Jesus said it is better that I go that the Spirit comes because he will teach you he will lead you he will guide you and sometimes Pastor Ramon he does not set a bush on fire he just simply sets a light in your heart a little bit of fire and the next thing you know you're picking up the phone the next thing you know you're reaching out to someone and God is saying I am that I am is sending you to the hurting to the broken to the destroyed for my glory give him praise this morning he is worthy the I am that I am. Let me take a moment to remind you of him before I send you out like Moses. He is all encompassing, self-sufficient, the name above all names. It's easy in our struggles of life to lose sight of the mercy and the holiness of God. And we need to meditate on his name. I am that I am is sending me this week into my world. He has dominion over everything. He is the source of power. I am that I am means from the Hebrew to the English transliteration, who was, who is, and who will forever be. God created the heavens and he did it without the aid of a kit called how to make the universe come on somebody he didn't google because there was no google he didn't google how do you make the universe how do you create the stars because God existed before google and when google is annihilated through the fire of heaven he will still exist he is God all by himself he didn't have a template he didn't get a d what is it diy yeah, whatever that is. Do it yourself. I'm going to look at a do-it-yourself person on how to create the universe. No, God created the world out of absolutely nothing. The I am that I am who is unchanging and unending and always present says to us in Isaiah 40, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Says the Holy One. Lift your eyes up to the heavens. Who else calls the stars one by one and they come and by their name and by 
by my great power, they are held together. God is bigger than your biggest imagination. He is more massive than any word or your vernacular and the greatest wordsmith among us can say. He's doing good today if you wondered about him. He's still sustaining the galaxies, every star in its place. In fact, you can snap your fingers and light just circled the world. I could give you the scientific description of it in another sermon, but snap your fingers right now. God just calls light to circle the earth. That is the I am that I am. And he is the one who is sending you, qualifying you, validating you, and equipping you. Somebody give him praise. And yes, he is doing very well this morning. How are you today, sir? I'm doing okay. How are you, God? I am doing very well. You see, he has no dilemmas. He has no quandaries. He has no counselors. He has no shortages. He has no rivals. He has no fears. Oh, to be God. He has no cracks, no worries. He is self-existent, self-contained, self-perpetuated, self-powered, and self-aware. In other words, he's God, and he knows it. Don't you know it? I'm crazy and I know it. And there's other songs that sang things we will not speak of this morning. But about God, we can say, he's God. Someone say, he's God. And he knows it. And after an eternity, Keith, of being God, he shows no signs of wear and tear. He has no needs. He holds the patent on the skies. Nobody can steal it from him. They are his invention. God does whatever he wants. There's no stopping him. There's no containing him. There's no refuting him. There's no cutting him off at the pass. There's no short-circuiting his agenda. God is in control. He sends forth the lightning from his storehouse. He breathes out the wind. God knows everything about everyone. Mama Joyce, his eyes raise back and forth from the cosmos like you read a page or you read the screen on your phone. He wrestles no mystery. He never has to see a doctor, a loan officer, a banker, or a mentor. It makes perfect sense that his name should be I am that I am. Somebody give him praise. And here's the incredible news. If his name is I am that I am, then my name is I am not. And that's your name too. Oh, don't you be belittling me, little pastor with the really dark hair that just got colored and went big like Dolly this morning. Don't you be belittling me. We got a new hairspray. Leanne and I, when I got done, I said Dolly would be envious. And then Sheriff James brings me a picture of Dolly. How cool is that? to laugh about these things it makes perfect sense this morning and it'll be the freeingness the freeingness one of the most freeing things you'll ever hear I got my own dictionary if his name is I am I am my name is I am not you see you may call him Abba Father and he is you may call him God and he is you may call him good and he is You may call him faithful, one of my favorite names, and he is all of that. But he gladly told Moses, I am that I am. He's determining the plot. We are not. He is choosing to include us in his great story. That's history. God is so big, you don't have to be so big. I don't know about you, but at 61, still some days I'm looking for the adult. Anybody with me? Is there anybody a little older than me that can take care of this situation? Is there anybody I can call? I've learned at this, they'll get to me later, but right now me and God are going for it. Come on, somebody. 
because I am not, but he is I am. God is so big that you don't have to. And on that note, you need to give him praise. You need to give him worship. You need to give him glory. You don't have to be so big. He is. You see, I am not, and when I say I am not, I'm speaking for you and I, but just to keep it personal for you, I will use the personal pronoun. I am not, but he knows my name. I am not, but he has pursued me in his love. I am not, but I have been purchased and redeemed. I am not, but I've been invited into the story. I am not, but I know the creator of the universe. I am not, but I know I am that I am. I am on first name basis with the great I am that I am. So today it is with joy, it is with peace, and it is with woo, happiness that I say, my name is I am not, but he is the great I am that I am. Somebody give him a shout of praise. <laughs> Took some pressure off of you right there, didn't I? Took some pressure. You need pressure taken off you. Abba loves you. You need pressure taken off of you. Putting too much on you. He's the I am that I am. So here's the deal. Put yourself in God's shoes. Your people are enslaved in Egypt and they're toiling day and night. And the great I am that I am knows they're giving their talents and their abilities to foreign gods. Just like the world tries to make you use your gifts and abilities to build the world. And God wants you to build the kingdom. Building moments to fame and greatness a Pharaoh, and you have a redemption plan. Put yourself in God's shoes. You're going to send someone to the most powerful emperor in the world. Who are you going to choose? What is your criterion? I've done a lot of job interviews, been the person interviewing California when I lived there in Tennessee when I worked secular jobs. Scary. And I've been the one to interview people. You have a criterion. You have something you're looking for. What is God looking for? He's looking for ordinary people <laughs> to play significant roles in his unfolding story. And the fact that he is God all by himself, he is free, free to choose the least among us, the slowest, the lesser known, the last, the smallest to accomplish God's size, amazing stuff. That's me and that's you. Give him a praise for that this morning. We as humans try to partner with the smartest, the brightest, looking for people that shine. And God is looking simply for someone this morning. Moses, 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 Moses for the girls, Mosea. Okay. God is looking. Just made that up. I thought that was so good. God is looking to partner with you to do God's size, amazing stuff. We as humans try to partner with the most powerful but what is God going to use? Who is he going to use? He's going to go to the backside of the desert where a man is forgotten. A man with wilting self-esteem. A man that's on the downslope of life who for 40 years has been on the run for killing an Egyptian. But you see, God is really big. And so God comes to call Moses to the I am that I am. I'm going to tell you your best news today is your name is I am not. Because it's exhausting to have preoccupation with yourself. It's exhausting to act like one of my favorite own statements. A struggling magician trying to pull a bunny out of the hat for the next thing God wants to do through. It's exhausting 
to think my shoulders, they must be stronger. I've got to hold everybody up. Come on, shoulders. Be strong. That's exhausting. There is freedom in finding that my giftings do not have to be astronomical. They don't have to be Academy Award winning in everything I do. They don't have to work within myself to make it into the hall of faith. When we live for his fame, when we live for unending applause of his name, it takes the yoke off of you and you stop being the answer. You realize you are not the remedy. You stop trying to be super mom, super believer, super achiever, super dad, super boss, super minister, and you lift your hands and sing one of my favorites. We got a great, big, wonderful God and his name is I am that I am, so I'm going to be I am not. Come on, somebody. That quest to make a name for me is exhausting. That quest for fortune and fame is exhausting. Humans don't know when enough is enough. You get this much, that's not enough. We need more. We need more. And we need more. And we need more. And our flesh is an insatiable desire to get more and more. But when we abandon the path of searching self and we become to be the supporting role because there's only one starring role. His name is the I am that I am. We are merely a supporting role today. I'm going to tell you, you may call yourself Bill, Todd, Courtney, whatever your names are, Josh. But today the most freeing thing you can call yourself is is I am not. Look at your neighbor again and say, I am not. Here, let me tag you for a moment. Tag, 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 tag. I'm not running anything. I'm not the head of anything. I'm not in charge of anything. I am not the Savior. I am not the center of everything. I am not in control. I am not the solution. I am not all-powerful. I'm speaking for you and I. I am not calling the shots. I am not the owner of anything, and I am not the Lord. I am not holding it all together, even though that voice of my flesh sometimes will say to you, you're holding this together. You're the only one that's caring about anything. You're bearing all the burden. It's time to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey there, cutie pie, you are not God. Your name is I am not. If you didn't exist today, it's freeing. Let me tell you, for you that are overly responsible like me, it's freeing to say if you went up in a one-man rapture or a one-woman rapture, God would continue to be God all by himself. I am not God. I am not. I am that I am. And the freeing moment is finding I am not, but I know I am. Say it again. I am I am, say it again, I am. Finding Moses was not hard for God. Even though Moses was on the back side. You ever thought, you ever been so back in the country, Pastor Hank, sorry. Pastor Hank used to say it was so far in the country we had to go into the town to hunt. And uh, we'd get so far and I'd say, honey, where are you? He goes, I don't know, honey, who knows? That's before GPS. It was a wonderful thing. Some of your marriages don't even know how to be tested. If you never drove with a spouse without GPS on a country road in the middle of nowhere, one time Pastor Hank and I were trying to get, this is so funny, trying to get to a pastor's conference at Tommy Barnett. We had on our best outfit. Jay Jethro met us. He was on staff with us, dear friend. And we were trying to get there. He was already there. We drove up and down and up and down. And Pastor Hank did not like to ask directions. Can I get an amen from any man in the house? We went back and forth. Well, our words began to rise to a level of, I'm going to kill you. Now, 
We just, we got so mad at each other. Well, let's go back to the motel. Forget this. We're not going to enlarge. I mean, it's funny how fleshly you get. We're not going to enlarge a church. We came here to learn to build the church and do something magnificent. But dear God, let's just go back to the motel. If we don't have the wherewithal to even find the building, we are idiots. Come on, somebody. By the time we found it, we were driving right in front of it. It was just hidden behind a thing. This, this is a church that seats 8,000. So this was not an easy thing to miss, but we missed it. So you that weren't raised, Mama Joyce, you remember the days with you and Pastor Cook. If you weren't raised without GPS, you have never had your relationships. Well, I've had some of my relationships tried with GPS with my children, but I'm going to leave that right there. Come on, somebody. But anyway, and that was on my bad, not theirs. But at any rate, he didn't have to have GPS to find Moses. Moses was on the backside of nowhere, but the interesting thing, the place where he was, was called the mountain of God. When you feel you're on the backside of somewhere and no one knows your name or maybe God has forgotten you and maybe that promotion has overlooked you and maybe something's not going right, I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't need GPS. He doesn't need a laser beam. He doesn't need the satellite. He doesn't need the CIA, the FBI, and all the three initials in the country to find you. God is God all by himself. He knows where you live. He knows where you breathe. He knows what you ate or didn't eat for breakfast this morning. And somebody give him praise this morning. I am that I am. And your name is I am not. And that's so good. So good. Moses must have thought alone on that dusty day stranded in the wilderness, thinking he was counting the days, Austin, to the closing chapter of his life. I know that's what he thought. I always ask Holy Spirit, give me what they felt. I know it sounds crazy because I've got a lot of knowledge of the word, but I ask Holy Spirit, you were there, so give me what they felt. And I pray a lot about that. And then I just try to listen to him. It's not perfect, but it's worked for me. He was tending sheep, thinking that the end of his life was coming. But he was about to be invaded to play a major part in God's story. I'm going to tell you there are moments we think that I've seen the best of my life. I've seen the best of his promises. I've seen this. And now I'm just going to have to coast to the end, whether I'm 17 or 70. But I'm going to tell you something the Lord says to each and every one of us this morning. The best is yet to come. Someone give him praise this morning. And I can't keep going in this story without telling you how beautiful the first person pronouns are. Hang with me. I wasn't an A English person. I slided through that. But just hang with me. I got enough of it to tell you. I love it that God says to Moses about his people living in bondage. I have seen. The personal pronoun brings a verb. I have seen. I have seen their misery. I have heard their cries, action. I'm concerned, that's a verb. And I am coming down to do something. I love it that we serve a God who sees when we think he does not see, who hears when we think he does not hear, who cares when we think he does not care, and who has already put in a waymaker plan of action when we have no freaking clue. He is doing something good. Somebody give him praise. All this is said to Moses, Lisa, and Israel has no clue why they're in Egypt. In fact, if you backtrack to Exodus 2, it says that the Pharaoh had died, the one that put out the warrant arrest for Moses. But another Pharaoh came up, and he was pressuring the people, and they were under the bonds of slavery. And it said they cried out, and God said, I heard their cries, 
I remembered my covenant. He looked down and he said, I am concerned. But in the moment of their slavery, in the moment of their suffering, they had no idea. They had no idea as they're in Egypt. Track with me and tell this to someone hurting in your life. That on the other side of the world at Mount Horeb, God was burning a bush to Moses and saying, I'm going to deliver my people. I can do it all by myself because I am that I am. But I'd like to use someone with flesh and blood because I have a plan. I love it. In the moment, we can't hear anything that we know that God is working even when we can't see it. Somebody praise him this morning. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. And in chapter 4, and we're moving on, when they did hear, I love this, so beautiful. Weary people that have been under bondage. When Moses told them, God, God has hurt you. God felt your pain. God has come to do something about it. The Bible says that Israel, in their weakened form of slaves, bowed their heads and began to weep and worship. Every blow of the hand of the taskmaster, God was working. Every cut of the heart of you and I, God was working. Every time in the heat of the day they thought they would wane, God was working. To you, I say this morning by the Spirit, every time you go to bed and you cry, God is working. Every time even someone in your family rails against you and your heart is broken. Every time a friend walks away from you, God is working. Every time you feel overwhelmed by the taskmasters of modern day, that responsibility whip that says get up you got to get to work get up you got to get food on the table get up you got to get that car worked on every time you're against a struggle that shatters all your dream every time the word of the Lord to you today through this passage is he who keeps you never sleeps nor he slumbers the Lord is your keeper he is the shade at your right hand and God will make a way when it seems like there is no way Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Someone say the great I am. And here's Moses. And here comes you. And here comes me. Here's Moses. He's killed a man. He took matters in his own hand and tried to accelerate the destiny for his life. A lot of us do that. We've all done that. We try to push destiny ahead of its time. And he had to flee to Midian, living on the desert. And there he is thinking, and, and, and we've all thought this. Maybe some of you have, most of us have. I've heard it from so many people. I've thought it myself. That God somehow, when I was divorced and everyone told me, boy, you're so anointed. You'd be a great minister's wife, but you're divorced. It was another day, y'all. It was a long time ago. People didn't understand stuff. They didn't understand my story. They'd say, but it's too bad. You can't be a minister. Maybe you can work as a waitress the rest of your life and be kind to people. And I was like, you know, when you're broken, you could care less. If that's the will of the Lord for me, I'll take it. But, you know, I began to think I knew I'd had a call on my life as a child, but so much stuff had happened in between. And I thought there was a plan A. Now maybe I'm down at plan V. Anybody with me? There was this plan A, but so much happened. And I'm sure Moses was thinking that. But love interrupted. Redemption showed up. Calvary showed up. And all of a sudden, Moses stopped troubling himself. You know, the Spirit of the Lord has told me many times, Rhonda, there's enough trouble in the world. Stop troubling your own mind. Some of y'all need that. There's enough trouble. Stop troubling your own mind. I'm sure he thought, I blew God's plan for me. So now 
I'm just going to have to take the second class citizen, the leftovers of what someone else doesn't want. Because I know I was called to be delivered, but I killed a man. I did wrong, and I've been back here for 40 years on this, this other part of the earth, and no one knows where I'm at. But all of a sudden, God shows up, and God says to everyone listening today in this room and by podcast, don't let the pain of your past rewrite your future. The Father is so good, even if you missed it once, twice third times a thousand times he can recreate full destiny as if you never missed it before somebody give him a shout of praise give him a shout of praise hallelujah and we begin to understand Matthew what Moses thought about his life through what he named his children track with me Tanner this is so good he names his first child Gusham which means stranger Which means he felt strange in a foreign land. They were not his people. He was living with the Midianites. And he was thinking, and and, as you and I have thought in different seasons of our life, this doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. Anybody with me? This season doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. In fact, it doesn't even feel right. It feels foreign. It feels strange. I mean, if if we can be honest, uh, from October, it was 10 months yesterday that my beloved went to heaven And uh, it felt strange, and no one knew what was going on, but God knew what was going on. And when you feel that way, you have to return. But what I love is by the time the second child was born, something happened. How do you know this, Pastor? Because I've studied what these names mean. Something was awakened in him, and a season had not changed, but he decided to change his perspective. Until your season changes, change your perspective. Until the tide turns, change your viewpoint. And he named that second child Eliezer, which means God is my helper. I may have felt foreign. I may have felt strange. I may have felt I was somewhere I didn't want to be. But now something has awakened in me, and I'm going to name this next season God is my helper. Anybody in this room today wants to name the next season, God is your helper. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Josh, come help me, sir. I'm going to keep traveling, but come help me, sir. And God said, Moses, Moshe, Moshe. Moses, I've not changed my mind. That's a word for so many listening today. Maybe you're listening by podcast. So many of our friends listen And I know they've been asking us to do Facebook Live. We get in the new building, we will. But here's the deal. We'll stream our services. But God says, I've not changed my mind, Moses. I believe what Moses found out is what we can find out. I heard an African-American pastor say, I was preaching for him, a very large church, a wonderful man. It was just a joy to be under him. And he preached on, you can outlive the consequences of your choices. You can live long enough that you can outlive wrong consequences. Anybody want to outlive some wrong consequences in your life? Come on, wave a hand at heaven and let the Lord take a snapshot of you. All of a sudden, the first person is going to do something great with the second person. Moses said, you surely have mistaken me for someone else. But God was not counting on Moses to pull this off. All along, God was counting on himself. God is not counting on you pulling anything off. He is counting on himself. The enemy wants to invalidate you by giving you points. He's a master debater. Those thoughts that come at your mind, that's a master debate of the enemy. And your flesh joins with him. You look in the mirror and you hear, you're not enough. You look in the mirror and you hear, you're too human. 
You think God wants to call aliens? Come on, somebody. You look in the mirror and you say, you're too what? You see, the enemy wants to invalidate you, but God comes to validate. He did not give Moses a pep talk. He did not send Moses to, you can do it, training life coach found on the corner of 7th Street and 4th. Go see, you can do it, life coach Moses. God doesn't waste any time pumping Moses up. Instead, when God says, when Moses says, who am I that you would send me? God responds with five life-shifting words that changed my life when I got this. Moses, this is my answer to your inadequacy. I will be with you. Someone say hallelujah. I will be with you. When God invites us into his stories and he assigns us roles, he says, I know what you think about yourself. I know how you measure your weaknesses and your adequacies. But what I want you to focus on is the reality. If I go with you, everything is going to be fine. I am who I am. That's who is with you. That's who is for you. That's who is counting on his power to pull the story off. He knows he's going with you. When you go to the grocery store, he's going with you. When you go to teach those children, Sherry, he's going with you. When you work at Legacy, Lisa, he's going with you. As we go into the neighborhood the next two weeks to invite broken women to Queen for a day, he goes with us. It is never on you. It is on God and God alone. Somebody praise him. Let me calm down so we can land this plane. Moses, in fact, was just saying, you know, with all that's against me, why would you call me? I need some identification. Can I have a social security number, a password, anything? Because when I go down there and I tell them this bush wouldn't burn, they're going to look at me crazy. And they did. Some of them did. I need to know your name. You see, God had been known up until this time with the name Elohim, which was more like a title. Elohim, it was a title. But he said, I need to know your personal name. Now, this is crazy in this moment. The infinite one whose voice alone causes worlds to be born, who grown men and women hide their faces when they see him, is being asked by a frail creature, can I have your name, please? Can you tell me your first name? Listen to me. God was under no obligation to answer, yet without hesitation, God says, you tell them when you go. And God says to you in this room this morning, you tell them when you start fostering Devin, you tell them, I am that I am has sent me. I am that I am has called me. And that is who I'm listening to this morning. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. To the lonely in the room this morning, he says, my name is I am that I am. To the broken, he says this morning, I am that I am. To the fearful, I am that I am. To the discouraged, I am that I am. Who shall I say sent me? Rhonda Davis, I'll speak for you so I don't pick on you. Rhonda Davis. Who has given you credentials? Well, I've been ordained by word of life years ago and set forth by my elders. But who has sent you? When you feel weak, when you feel not up to task, 
when you've seen yourself in the mirror too long and you live inside your own brain with your own weaknesses, you say, I am that I am has sent me. To those who are barely hanging on this morning, he says, I am that I am. To the discouraged, he says, I am that I am. For every cry, there is only one answer. I need hope, he says, I am that I am. Who could possibly be smart enough to figure this out? He says, I am that I am. I need a fresh start. He says, I am that I am. I need a big, bigger story. He says, I am that I am. My vision is bigger than my resources. He says, I am that I am. Who can I trust? I am that I am. You can trust me. I'm not sure who's on my team. There's betrayers on the right and betrayers on the left. He said, that's okay. Your name is I am not, but my name is I am that I am. And I am always on your team. Come on, somebody. Nobody's listening to me. He says, I am that I am. My marriage is sinking and I don't know where to turn. He says, that's okay. I am that I am. I can't hold on. He says, I am that I am. My kids deserve more in a parent. He says, that's okay. You back up. Because I am that I am. And I've got this. I'm pouring into others. Who is pouring into me? And he says, I am that I am. If we fail, who will get the job done? He says, don't you worry. If you fail, if you fail backwards, I am that I am will complete that which you started. I'm not sure while I'm here. What is my purpose? What is my future? God, what do you see in my life? And he says, I'm not talking about me. I'm speaking for you. He says, I am that I am. I've given all I can and it's not enough. He says back to you this morning, I am that I am. I'm tired. I am still I am that I am. I quit. Well, I'm still I am that I am. I can't. I'm still I am that I am. I want to end this. I don't know if I can go forward. And I don't know if I'm enough for that which you've called me to do. And he stands as he stood before Moses and says, Oh, you fearful of heart, look up and see me. You are I am not, but I am that I am. And that is my name for all generations. Somebody stand up and give him praise all over this house. Come on, just stand where you are. Put your hands together and give the I am that I am. I'm done preaching. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Come on. You can praise him better than that. Come on. You can praise him better than that. Just take a moment. Just take a moment. Just take a moment. Just praise the I am that I am. Come on, someone shout hallelujah. Someone shout glory. Someone shout praise to the I am that I am. The great I am that I am. Demons tremble at the sound of his name. I am that I am. That is his name. Hallelujah. 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 Just keep standing. Praise you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your words this morning.
And Holy Spirit, we ask you now to allow us to declare and decree what we need to say. Lord, everything I've ever been a part of began as a thought and then it went to words and then it went to action. So we're going to start with a thought today, Holy Spirit, and then we're going to speak it. And then we're going to have faith to walk it out. Right now, lift your hands to the heaven if you don't mind right where you are. Father, we thank you this morning that our name is I Am Not. Forgive us when we take on too much responsibility. Lord, we're responsible people. We know we have a task. We know we have gifts to use. We know we have a place to be. We understand all that. But in our human frailty, Psalms 103 says, you remember we are but dust. And you don't give us even what we deserve for all the bad things in our life. That you're merciful to us. Lord, I thank you this morning for every hand lifted. You are the I am that I am. You hold our families. You hold our children. You hold our ministries, our jobs, our city, our church, our country. That you are the great I am that I am. Lord, today we release the yoke of thinking we've got to be everything to everybody. We release the yoke in this room today, Holy Spirit. Someone is taking the blame for something that their child did. Someone's taking the blame for something that happened. And the Lord just wants to say, I'm for you. I am that I am. Holy Spirit, move among us, every man and woman in this room, Lord, that we remember I am not, but we know personally the I am that I am. Lord, it is your story, and you've asked us to play a part, a redemptive part. Lord, forgive us when we put the yoke on our own shoulders. Forgive us when we bully ourselves. We don't even need the enemy most of the time, Lord. We bully ourselves. But let us receive fresh grace and the mantle of grace this morning that says, You are more than enough. You are the answer to every cry. You are the great I am, Lord. For anyone in this room right now, Lord, that feels like they're on plan K too, that they missed plan A, remind them that you are the I am that I am. Lord, let not age of youth or elderly age get in the way, but that you have a plan for each one of our lives and you want to use us. Speak to us by your power, Lord, and strengthen us this week to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Let's sing that. I don't know if you can play it on the keyboard, but just in closing, sing the song, Josh, that you sang at the leadership. Um, I have eye droppers at the